Hello and welcome to the NC podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club, the landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. I have such a special podcast this week. I'm so excited. I am joined by three lovely ladies, Sarah, Rebecca and Danielle. Hi. Hello. <laughs> we, we're going to go through one by one and I'll get them to introduce you. You will have already met Sarah and Danielle from previous podcasts, but I wanted them to come back. Um, and Rebecca, it's so lovely to have you as well. So Sarah, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm Sarah Cameron. I'm a commercial property surveyor. I work in the public sector. Uh, I've uh, been a surveyor for 20 years and uh, in the last 18 months to two years, I've been involved with RICS Governing Council. Um, uh, which has been a brilliant experience, uh, one of the most collaborative working experiences of my life. And uh, um, yeah, it's um, I'm I'm, you know, cut my arm off. I say RICS right through. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca. Hi. Yes, I'm I'm Rebecca. I'm a senior partner at uh, RLB based in London. Um, I'm a fellow of RICS and um, I'm a uh, quantity surveyor by background. I um, lead currently in the data center sector and I, like Sarah, am a elected member of RSS Governing Council. I've been involved in um, RSS for some time now, uh, previously with the UK and Ireland World Regional Board and uh, similar to Sarah really, I, you know, I love, uh, I mean, I love working with the organization. I work with RLB and I also similarly love working with the the RICS to give thought leadership on the you know the key um, issues that we're faced within the world and in particular uh, within the built and natural environment uh, such as climate change um, diversity and inclusion um, you know the the war for talent um, and um, you know um, technology uh, generally and you know the future of our industry Um, diversity and inclusion is something that's particularly um you know something that i i, I do uh, champion and you know uh, i would like to see more and more diversity within the industry that uh, that we all work within um so yeah that's me really fantastic finally danielle hi i'm danielle i was on the podcast a few weeks ago i'm assistant professor at new york university uh, at the shack institute of real estate where i teach currently teach real estate development and construction management um, I, I too am a quantity surveyor by trade. Um, I've obviously started life in the UK, moved over to Australia where I worked on some mega projects, uh, mainly transport infrastructure projects. Um, then sort of, well, I guess for the last 11 years, I've been between here, Australia and the UK, uh, working on my master's and my PhD. So now my main focus is human behaviour and decision making and how that impacts uh, the delivery of projects, how it impacts the built environment, how it impacts all manner of aspects involving us and how we interact with our environment. Fantastic. Thank you all for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. So the purpose of getting all of these lovely ladies together and amazingly, we're all in America. Rebecca's dialing in from New Orleans, right? That's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got four Eng- four English ladies uh, in America. We and the reason I wanted to get together today was because 
we we're always talking to one another and we're sharing our experiences from in the industry that spans across continents because we're doing it via twitter emails yeah. linkedin instagram uh, and we we've, we've slowly been building a community of like-minded surveyors who we just chat about what's going on in the mm -hmm. industry and i wanted to let you into a little bit of that because we can we're all getting together today and there's some key themes that i wanted to talk about because a lot of the time when people get in contact with me it's because either they're lacking in confidence they don't know which direction they want to go in both within the industry mm -hmm. and when i'm talking about the industry i'm talking about the property industry as a whole so that's you property investors you landlords you property professionals and any anywhere that you are within the industry I get it it can be a real confusing place um, and so I wanted to get your thoughts and your ideas about um, some real good advice that you can give my listeners based upon a couple of topics that we are always <laughs> discussing so the first thing I want to talk about is role models how have you found role models in the industry and how has that changed as you've gone through your career because there's always this need to um and i i find it as well i i like to look at what other mm -hmm. people are doing and i'm inspired by that because that makes me better so tell me what your experience of that is shall i start <laughs> um uh well i'm early on in my career i didn't have any role models I worked in uh, very male-dominated offices, no uh, female professionals. Um, and I think the penny dropped with me was that I had to be my own role, role model. Mm -hmm. um, so I started uh, mentoring uh, junior surveyors to me and um, living the values that I, I felt passionate about. And, um, and then slowly um, the industry started to change. And I think, you know, seeing the visibility of Louise Brooke Smith and then Amanda Clark and and yep. then the the rise of social media and the accessibility of some of these women um and the fact that they 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 they're putting themselves out there they're also working hard and achieving brilliant things yeah and and um and, and I think the best advice I can give is is you might be nervous or afraid to do it but do it anyway and get out there and network and um uh, and and speak to people and find out who you can talk to yeah um absolutely i think um that's that's certainly my biggest lesson and i'm 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 big introvert i you know i don't put myself out there and um i <laughs> i kept on saying uh, over uh, the last four days at uh, governing council that uh, i'm happy to take part in all of those discussions and give my my uh input and uh, move the conversation on but I didn't want to stand up and present back to the team. Wow, okay. <laughs> because it's just not me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a team player and a collaborator. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, and there are people out there that I, I'm in awe of, and, and, and Rebecca's one of them. Uh, because um, you know, well, no, <laughs> I'll start the love in here because uh, absolutely, um, I, my, my time on Governing Council, I... I I went straight to governing council. I didn't do the hard work of working through um, uh, the matrix board and then uh, you know UK and Ireland board and onto governing council. I went straight for governing council. So you know I I, I think I got the timing right. But um, uh, there are some in inspirational women on governing council. There are some inspirational men on governing council that are tremendous allies, and and they are you know they're all out there. But you've just got to 
go and ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we back up slightly? Mm-hmm. Can you explain governing council to oh, anybody right. that's listening? Because not everybody's RACS. Mm-hmm. So. Right, well, um, the professional body is um, has um, a royal charter and um, a, the board of governors um, uh, f- for, for the institution is, is governing council. And then it's um, uh, directed down to management boards and uh, regulatory boards and things like that. So basically, we, we meet twice a year mm-hmm. to, um, one, to set strategy for the mm-hmm. coming years and one to do oversight and um uh some some assurance work so it's um a great team of people um they're uh either appointed through world regional boards or elected like um rebecca and i and um yeah it's it's great because it's talking about the big topics and how how we as a professional body can engage with our members to achieve some solutions to those big topics so mm-hmm. like Rebecca mentioned, climate change is one of them. Our response to prop tech is another. And the fact that we need a diverse and agile and socially mobile workforce is another. And it's just, you know, it's 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 really about getting from from well, what what are these issues to then why do we need to worry about them to the how do we deal with them? Mm-hmm. And how do we, we move with the times? So essentially mm-hmm. you're starting at the top and you're thinking about what we need to put in place to be able to do that mm, yeah it's future proofing the profession yeah fantastic fantastic yeah. um so rebecca how about you what's your thoughts around role models how can we find them in the industry yeah and i, th- I think probably just building on what sarah's just said there actually i think that um you know i think it's not about just you mentioned the word ally and i think mm. that's that's a really key word actually because uh, there are so many uh, inspirational uh, females in the industry but you know there are also uh, so many male um, uh, inspirational um, role models that you know that are allies and you know Sean Tompkins um, mm. you know is, is one of those he's the CEO Absolutely. of RICS and um, you know himself and um, Gillian Charlesworth um, again, of RICS, soon to be VRE. Um, you know, Gillian is a, is a fantastic role model. She's about to, um, you know, commence her term as uh, CEO of, of VRE. And, yeah. and between Sean and, and Gillian, they've really um, pressed forward with the diversity and inclusion um, agenda and really, really sort of trailblazed that within our industry and, and been involved in the Women of the Future Awards with, um, with Pinky and the um, you know, Women of the Future in, in Asia Awards as well. And, um, you know, I think it is about, um, as Sarah said, just, um, you know, having the um, confidence to maybe um, touch base with people. I think social media is a mm. great forum because actually now, you know, you can follow anybody on, on Twitter and reach out to them. And I think those true uh, allies within yeah. the industry would be more than happy for uh, people out there to reach out to them. Um, you know, whether it's for advice or uh, mentoring, I think mentoring is a, a, a you know, a key uh, role here um, for those people in the industry that have been through experiences and Sarah mentioned there in terms of confidence around sort of public speaking. I, I think you're great at public speaking, <laughs> by the way, and hence, uh, you know, the delivery you've just given us there. Is, you know, well, thank you. 
I, I, sorry to interrupt you. It's, it's funny. I was just um, regaling um, my my appalling vox pop for the uh, the governing council changes that uh, um, I was asked to do. I'm I don't feel very confident about it, but there we go. Imposter syndrome striking again. Oh yes, <laughs> I think we need to come back to imposter syndrome. We definitely need to have a conversation about that as well. Um, so Danielle, how about you? Role models. What's it for you? So I guess um, my experience with role models has been an interesting one because when I started in my career, I started working for subs. Mm -hmm. I was the only woman in my company uh, and I worked for a variety of companies until I got to Australia. Um, so I was, it wasn't until I got to Australia that I actually started, stopped working on site and was actually working with other women. But up until that point, um, I, I remember reading an, a, a very, very small advert in an RICS magazine very early on in my career looking for construction ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I love what I do so much that I'm going to put my name forward. You know, I was, I was still like in my first year of my career, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't remember. It was, it was, um, the, there was an education board mm -hmm. in the UK that sort of developed this this idea for this for construction ambassadors, and in fact, one of the guys that's on the governing council, John Lever, mm -hmm. he actually did the training for it to oh, get wow. us all prepared to go out and, and and be ambassadors. But I was actually involved in other um, events that involved going out and speaking to not just young women, but just students at all ages uh from the like i said i think in the previous podcast from children from the ages of eight up to sort of um sixth form and, and heading off to university um in various different sort of forums of, of activities and what have you and it was by going out there and me just wanting to tell everybody how amazing the construction industry was that i was meeting other people that would be starting to become role models for me Mm -hmm. So I was looking at other people that were also putting themselves out there like I was and going, wow, what they're doing is amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to be like that, you know. Um, so I wasn't ac actively going out looking for role models, but it, wa it wasn't till, and I'm a very reflective person. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't till I was taking that step back and thinking, well, what did I learn from that person today? Or what did I learn from that person at the same event that I can use moving forward? Um, I think as with many people I know in the industry, a, a lot of my early sort of actual day jobs, um, I, I found myself going from one job to the next, just going, well, what I've learned from that job is it, is, is how not to do it moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it wasn't until I sort of went over to Australia and realised how um, significant the skills were that I'd learned in the UK were because they just weren't used in Australia at the time, um, as to how important it was to have a role model to be that person, you know, waving that QS flag over there saying, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. You might see other people doing it with under the name of QS, but that's not, mm. th th what they're doing might not necessarily be the right way of doing it. But, you know, getting out there with the RICS and, and really sort of promoting quantity surveying and the institution um, as, a, as a way of, putting all those standards out there. Um, again, that was how I was aligning myself with the people who have the similar values. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, it was just a case of me looking around and going, wow, what they do is amazing. I want to do that, you know. Um, 
and then obviously I got more involved with the education side of things and again was meeting professors and other academics that that were making me think well that's what I want to do so it wasn't necessarily a case of going out and looking for role models it was more a case of just taking that step back and looking around you and seeing seeing the skill sets in the people that you're with all the time mm-hmm. uh, and seeing what value you can take from that and what you can learn about yourself and the industry from from looking at others yeah this is a, see this is an interesting conversation so the, you know we're saying actually we've had to put to find our role models we've almost had to put ourselves out there and go okay i'm here yeah. i need to follow somebody and i i very much did that as well I, I was constantly looking for people to to follow and I'd put myself in a situation then look around and be like oh these these people are on on board with what I'm doing too I want to see what they're doing so <laughs> that I'm not so on my own but going back to what you yeah. said Sarah that comes with imposter syndrome yeah and I have to I get imposter syndrome probably on a daily basis I have to give myself a good talking to and say Natasha you're running a business how would a, how would a business owner respond to this not how is your fear responding to this? So can we talk about how we deal with our own imposter syndrome and what it's like for you? Um, well, for me, I keep Carrie Fisher's words in my head. Um, uh, it's okay to be afraid, but do it anyway. Just mm. just get up and do it anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm plagued by my own self-doubt uh, with everything that I do. Uh, I never feel good enough. Um, uh, and I work myself really hard mm-hmm. um uh, i was saying to danielle uh, on the way here that uh, uh uh my bus boss pulled me aside once and told me that bronze or silver service was good enough it's not for me um <laughs> because i want to get it right first time i don't want to have to go back and redo the work i don't want to fail yeah and um and and that's i don't think that's something that um uh really i've i've experienced with the people around me it's really come from inside me it's not so it's a it's not a learned behavior let's put it that way there's something inside me that is it, it that's my default setting that you know um but uh it, it's hard it's exhausting it yeah. really is and you just think you know um with with the um Instagram kind of lifestyle that we've got these days with everyone taking the perfect angled selfie. And, uh, you know, I watched someone on the rooftop cottage yesterday. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was like a professional photo shoot that they were doing to, yeah. to just get the perfect Instagram photo. And you just think, we're so... that There's this culture of being really concerned what other people think rather than, you know, just going out and doing what's right and what's true to your values. Um... Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard, it and, hard. and I don't have the answers. No, uh, I just you know keep going, keep swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, how about you? Do you do you get imposter syndrome, and how how do you deal with it? I think yeah. I mean, I think uh, me personally, probably uh, I've lived a life being my own worst enemy. Just mm. um, probably having high expectations of myself um and you know wanting everything to be perfect and me to be perfect and you know working really hard etc but I suppose over the last few years 
mainly through um, coaching, actually. Um, you know, I, I have, and you, you mentioned it yourself, Sarah, about values. Mm. I've done a lot of work about, you know, discovery regarding my own core values mm. and um, really living in line with those. Um, you know and, and, and checking in with myself and sort yeah. of the decisions that I'm making and you know what I'm doing and actually making sure that they're sort of true to me uh, bringing myself to work as well I feel confident mm. now to to bring myself um, to work mm-hmm. and to, to celebrate that and to encourage others to bring themselves to work and celebrate that yeah. um, but also just about being kind to myself as mm. well um, you know and making sure I've, I've put great inroads in this year in particular actually regarding my own work-life balance um I went to um, a retreat in India at the start of this year um just to have you know some time away it was an Ayurvedic um retreat and it was just what I needed just to sort of reset and um you know as I say just be kind to myself and come back to London you know reinvigorating and really you know growing and developing and recognizing we're all just human beings so mm. you know none of us are perfect it's a very hard life to try and achieve perfection uh, and it's okay not to be perfect absolutely and, you know yeah. to make mistakes and learn from it but help each other and, and celebrate mistakes and of course if if we're consistently making mistakes then that's not good and the jobs that we do yeah. you know we, we, we of course don't want to be issuing work to clients and mistakes in it but but recognizing that actually from time to time we don't always get things right and we just need to learn from that and, and guide and, and help each other out really I love the idea of bringing yourself to work mm. I really like mm. that you mm. you said that so what does that what does that mean to you does that mean that you're giving yourself a pep talk beforehand or you're just okay to show up as you are that day I think it's more yeah about showing up as me and Mm. I suppose this whole as I say historically I have been you know renowned I suppose and had this perception that I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. um but actually it's just that I do set high standards and I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that Mm. um but actually I'm being kinder to myself and bringing myself to work means that you know I'm not putting a facade on I can come to the office maybe dressed a bit more casually than what I may have done historically and you know I'm still really good at my job and can still fulfill what I need to it's not about what I'm what I'm wearing it's mm. about you know what what I'm doing and what I'm achieving and and also being kind you know I think that's something that is really sort of undervalued I think just being kind in society in general helping other people and in the workplace as well and um, you know just being there for people and sometimes that's just about being somebody for people to listen to and quite often you know people come to me with you know various things that are going on in in their personal lives and I think they're sometimes quite surprised that you know we'll spend that time to discuss that with them but actually I think that's a really important part and you know for all of us in being role models to others um, you know being true to ourselves and letting other people know that actually you can be true to yourself so no matter what your um you know your religion your background your age your gender your sex you know any of these things you know 
just just come to work and be yourself and mm. it's the right person or the best person for the role it's not about what gender you are or what age you are or any of those things yeah. you know and it's it's celebrating diversity and yeah. everything that that brings with it and ensuring that you know we've got all of these different perspectives and that's really important as well the fact that uh, you know my perspective is likely to be different to uh, Sarah's or Danielle's mm -hmm. just because you know we've lived different lives and we've Absolutely. experienced different things yeah. it's not that it's either right or wrong it's about bringing all of that together and I think that's the key about diversity bringing all those perspectives together yeah I think it's um bringing your whole self to work isn't it that and that's the spirit of yeah. everything yeah. that Rebecca's just said uh, so that you're not leaving part of you at the front door because mm. it's not in it's not efficient is it i mean if you're spending half of your energy hiding part of yourself or 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 pretending not to feel what's around you it's um you're not going to be bringing your best self to work so i i, I agree absolutely with everything that rebecca's just said it's amazing well put <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> Well, that's something I often, it's interesting you say about sort of stand, I'm, I'm not afraid to stand up and speak, but sometimes I feel I'm not eloquent in my <laughs> delivery. So oh no, you definitely are. Definitely are. Well. <laughs> There's my gremlin now. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, how about you? How's, what, how do you feel about your imposter syndrome? Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I pretty much the last two years I've, I've expected somebody to come and tap me on the shoulder every day and go look we've read your thesis again and we've actually decided to take your PhD away from you because oh. you know doing that unique piece of research mm -hmm. you know it's your it's your it's my baby mm -hmm. you know I've, I've sort of tried to express this to the people at work who keep saying oh you're still talking about your PhD I'm like yes I am you know it was three years in the creation and I've essentially gone out there and put a put a thesis out there saying that our industry is full of delusion and deception and this mm -hmm. is what I think we should do about it. Mm -hmm. And I was so sort of engrossed in it whilst I was doing it that to me it just became second nature to just say delusion and deception all the time. <laughs> and it wasn't until last year when I was at the RICS summit in New York that I was asked to speak on a panel and I was really quite nervous um, because um, I was on with like the, the, the event sponsor and various others talking about um, artificial intelligence and, and various other changes and um, disruptions. Um, but as I started to get, feel more comfortable and get into it, I started batting around the words delusion and deception like everybody else had been talking about them as much for the last three years as I had. Mm. And the rooms, the faces on, on the people in the room were just like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I was very conscious of it at the time, thinking, rein it in, Dan, rein it in. <laughs> Not everybody's as used to these words as you are, and you, you know, they're quite strong mm. terms mm. to use. Um, but it wasn't until after the event when... I actually had quite a few members come to me and say, God, that was refreshing to hear somebody wow. speak wow. in such an honest and open way about, yeah. you know, industry. I mean, especially I, 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 one of the things I don't think about is the fact that I am still a young female professor, British mm. professor, that's sitting in front of this room in New York mm. going, oh, yeah, we're all we're all deluded and we're all, <laughs> we're all bound for deception, and, you know, and it was it, it was that that started the whole, you know what? I am an expert. 
Mm. And, and, and <laughs> that's a really weird word. As much as the word acad- academic oh, makes yeah. me kind of go, <laughs> so does the expert. But this is my, this, you know, this unique piece of research that I've done is now leading me into a field that I am the expert in. Mm. And, and the more I talk about it, and the more feedback whoops, that I get from people just saying, yeah, you're right, you're right, actually, I haven't never thought about it like that. That, to me, is the validation of, yeah, I'm going down the right road with this and I need to be more comfortable with just saying it as it is. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been someone that says it as it is and, and, and that's often, come, you know, come a cropper for me. Uh, but in this case, with my research, I think I'm starting to slowly chip away at mm-hmm. sort of um people listening and yeah. I, I mean the, 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 a lot of the conversation from from the world built environment forum came back to human behavior and i was like yeah you want to talk about human behavior let's talk about human behavior i can give you lots of things we can talk about but um i still have those moments where even when i'm in a classroom um a lot of i've had some big challenges here and like i've said previously you know some of the some of the young male students have really been quite aggressive in their attacks on on their disagreeing with my grade that I've given them or disagreed with the mm-hmm. feedback I've given them. But on the same hand, I've had the young the younger female students come to me and say, I, 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 I sought you out uh, on the list because I saw there was a female professor and mm-hmm. you're a strong female role model for the industry and I really wanted to come to your class and I've learned so much from you. And, and you know, that... It, I have to keep, I have to consciously remember that when I'm dealing with the students who are like, no, I've got a superior knowledge in real estate, mm. so I want you to change my mark. And mm. I'm like, no. Don't you wish you could just bottle the goodness up? Yes, do yeah, you, yeah. Do you know, honestly, what I've had to do to remind myself that things are okay, I have a scrapbook where I stick all the nice things that people say about me, and when I'm feeling down or like someone's attacked me for something I go and read it um, because as much as I always come across like yeah do you know what whatever like I don't care what people think and I try and have mm. that outside I, I do try and have that tough shell because I feel like if there was some sort of thing where I you know I was feeling like oh I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do here I mean very honest if I don't know something I will tell you that I don't know something but sometimes I do like you know, for every like 10 comment, good comments that I get, the one comment will wind me up or I'd be feel sad or I feel not good enough or I feel like, well, I'm not, I've, you know, I've, I've lost it. So I, ha- I have to do that. I mean, how do you keep? I think one of the one of the interesting things that's, that's happened for me recently is I've literally been in this bubble for the last six years of doing the master's and the PhD. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> I've recently sort of come out of that and I feel like I've, I literally feel like I've surfaced in a pool and I've, as I've, as my head's bobbing around, as I'm looking around, I'm thinking there's not, there really isn't many other women in this area of, of academia in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it comes from being the second eldest of seven, but I feel like I'm now needed. You know, I've got a responsibility mm-hmm. to be out there as this female academic in our, in the built environment. So I don't know whether that makes me feel, gives me the, gives me that little bit of confidence, you know, because, I, I, you know, like I said, as this sort of second eldest 
seven, I've always I've always been like, who needs me? Who needs me? What can I do for you? <laughs> so the fact that I feel like I'm needed mm. makes me feel a lot more comfort in my in my role. Interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say interesting because it's all it's as though you have to give yourself permission to do it. And, yeah. and, 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 and almost create a duty to do it yeah. that forces your hand because yeah. that's exactly it. And when I when I was because um, I didn't think I, I would have a hope in hell of getting uh, elected onto governing council little girl from Norfolk, no network. I mean, honestly, um, uh, and, and when it happened, uh, I then had this great sense of duty that, well, now I have to be visible. And um, I, I use social media for that. Um, and the Surveyorhood blog has, has, has created a platform for, for not only me to share the things that are important to me, but what's important to the family of surveyors that we've got because it's it's more about promoting um individual diversity it's about creating that that culture within the whole profession for me that's important and that's what i spend most of my time doing and i mean you know the feedback that we get from it is just tremendous that it's needed and 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 it's making a difference and um uh you know i could burst with pride with with what I hear about it, it's, um, and and if I'm if I'm seen as a role model because I'm living my values, then that is absolutely my purpose in life. Yeah. So do you know do you know what though your blog is phenomenal. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't read the Surveyorhood blog, I will put the link below. But I've always found you as someone that I could just reach out to, yeah. and you'd be there like a wide open arms come on in like come Absolutely. and share yeah and you do that so well yeah. so the yeah. fact that you say you're saying that you find it nerve-wracking to public speak I'm just like <laughs> wow I would I felt like so confident to reach out to you for yeah. anything yeah. like you were yeah. that almost like that rock in the profession well I feel like to. I feel like I'm a bit of an auntie to everyone really yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's funny because we were talking about so uh, you know because uh, we started out as the surveying sisterhood and uh it was it was it was twitter led and uh uh we were just like-minded professionals oh. that, that came together on international women's day and then as we we got to know each other actually our values were much bigger than that and that's oh. why why we rebranded um to 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 being that that kind of tribe of surveyors and the surveyorhood felt very natural yeah. to us um because we want we want it to be absolutely inclusive to everyone yeah. you know not one of us is right um and we've all got something to learn from everyone else and um you know at the end of the day we're all human mm. uh, although uh, you know so, some some of the trolls that you get on social media obviously aren't human but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know you know we're, we're there open doors open arms because um everybody matters yeah and everyone's story matters and it's um yeah it's been a, a powerful experience and 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 joe and natasha that i, I that run that with me um I, I so integral to it because we bounce off each other yeah and um i i i, I can't forget which uh which of uh it was a uh, joe or tasha coined uh coined the phrase that, that we found our tribe yeah and 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 that's it and we just want to spread spread that so that everyone can benefit from that mm -hmm. yeah. should we go on to a topic of conversation that maybe is a little bit taboo um i certainly find this when i talk about it um on uh 
Instagram where I talk about it on my blog, where I talk about my podcast, inclusivity within the real estate industry. Now there is no disputing that women that there's only what is it, fourteen percent of women in the industry compared to eighty six percent of men. Yeah, is that so right? it, Matt Howard told us yesterday it slipped up to um or slipped up notched up to fifteen percent. With about, uh, I think it's something like twenty three percent coming in as 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 students and trainees, Fantastic. which is really positive. It's in single figures for black and ethnic minorities. Wow, it's appalling. And then the figure for fellows is 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 a tiny percentage of fellows are women. Wow, yeah. and I see that within my uh, Facebook group as well, mm -hmm. where it's it's I think it's thirty four percent women um to like a larger percent of men and every time i start talking about this disparity um i know that i i do lose followers and i people do switch off from me but i think it's really important that we talk about it because i'm always asked to go and represent women or talk about how more females can get into the industry or how we can be more diverse and I, I think to start off with just standing up and talking and being a woman in the industry is fantastic. Mm. Um, but what can we what can we do to support other people getting into the industry? I guess from all all shapes mm. and sizes, backgrounds, whoever you mm. are. How can we how can we stop just making this image of of a prof, of a surveyor that or that property professional that white man in his like mid 50s who sits behind a desk just fee earning or that's kind of the property professional i think how do we how do we change that i think it is it's sort of connecting in that this yeah. isn't just about gender it's when you kind of alluded to it that's more mm. widely mm. diversity and um you know you mentioned it, ethnic minorities and bame and you know um even when we look at the statistics in terms of you know those with disabilities and mm. um you know i think that actually it is it, it's it's how we started this conversation actually yeah. it is about role models and you know i think there's some really simple things that all mm. of us can do simple things such as just making sure that we're aware of it. i think and there's so much awareness i'd like to think most people in the industry are aware of it but i think there's an awareness mm. piece i think there's a piece around um, unconscious bias and you know um, firms ensuring that all of their employees undertake training in that regard because we all have an unconscious bias of Absolutely. course we do you know we've all had a different upbringing and different experiences uh, but it's having an awareness around the issues and you know wherever possible um, you know forging links and I think collaborations because I yeah. think that um, you know to try and do this alone um, it, it's you know it's going to be um, huge for businesses in particular that perhaps you know aren't really um, encouraging you know more uh, diverse workforce mm -hmm. and I think it is about um, you know those those role models and you know people people see other people and aspire to be like them like I mentioned about Gillian earlier mm -hmm. um, you know her role in the in the BRE you know from a gender perspective that that's huge that's massive and yeah. you know amanda clack you know she's you know she's made huge inroads within our industry but she's done that and they've both done that you know with their male um allies and working together and sort of recognize that there is an issue but 
um, you know, it's about working together to solve this. And I think a lot of it is about training and awareness and, and development, collaborations and, um, you know, doing everything we possibly can to make sure, for example, on interview panels within firms that, you know, it's as diverse and representative, mm. really. We want mm. to be representative of the communities that we work within. Um, and in some cases, those communities might be that, um, you know, it, it represents a, a, you know, a certain demographic. But I think it's just making sure that we're not turning anybody out off mm. of our industry mm. and, and, you know, those less experienced and those that are not yet in the industry can see the role models yeah. and the champions and you know because they're what we need to to um prolong and mm-hmm. um and for the future of, of our industry Absolutely. so it's connecting in with schools and colleges and and parents and teachers and you know real kind of understanding about the great um career that people can have within our industry and it doesn't matter you know where you're from what you look like you know your age any of those things it, it's irrelevant mm-hmm. um it's, it's what you can bring um yeah. to the industry so it, i think it really is gender's one part of this but actually it's a wider um true sort of diversity mm-hmm. piece around ensuring that you know and that everyone's supported that people we talked about bringing yourself to work knowing that it is okay you know if you have dyslexia or if you have a learning difficulty or um if you need support um you know from um another um you know disability or uh, you know for religious beliefs if you know you need time um you know out of the day to 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 go and pray you know on, on you know at certain times or certain days etc mm-hmm. you know fasting it's about ensuring that everybody feels actually um, they can and, and returning to work mothers as well and fathers uh, parents mm. feeling that actually they're supported with flexible working and and everybody um, is supported with mm. um, you know remote working and uh, they have that connectivity and the accessibility um, you know these are these are actually relatively easy things that I think that everybody can do but I think it's just having a general awareness in the first place that they are issues and just because Mm. um, I might not or I might feel like I have a voice doesn't mean that um, other people in the industry feel the same and some Mm -hmm. people um, you've alluded to it Sarah some people feel like you know they don't have so much of a significant voice and that's why allies I think are really important Mm -hmm. so we can champion and help each other to ensure that people do feel supported absolutely so that leads me on to kind of the final point then how can we find the confidence to continue doing what we're doing and continue working in our environments, but also helping other people? How do you find your confidence as kind of a final tip for, to close off okay. this podcast? Um, I draw from others, as I've said, mm-hmm. you know, from the start. Um, one thing that I didn't say to, I haven't actually um, spoken to Rebecca and, and Sarah about is the fact that when they recently, well, no, actually, I think it was last year when they, when you were uh, elected onto the council, Sarah, um, and Rebecca was re-elected, um, I was about a month into my new uh, role as a professor at NYU, and uh, 
I'd, I'd got home from work and looked through social media and seen the results of that, that council and seen that it was a, a, a female majority. And within the space of 48 hours, decided I was going to put my name yeah, forward for I the remember. academic and education mm-hmm. chair um, because I was just so thrilled with what I could see, what this, you know, this result had come from this election. And I somehow managed to put an application together within 48 hours, including getting five signatures. <laughs> Wow. from around yeah. the globe um and and I put that application in and uh it was I think it was the only seat that required a recount yeah. because uh we were so close me and Paul who actually uh, was elected but I was only 50 or so votes behind him and um and that was that was huge validation yeah. for me huge validation because I was the only female academic on that group and uh the other academics were all very uh very much more established academics um so yeah that that you know I, and I've never actually told Rebecca and, and Sarah the impact that they're because I think Rebecca was actually the highest vote oh, she absolutely. received the most votes yeah. since she yeah, and inspirational yeah and yeah. and obviously I watched Sarah's whole campaign through social media and and you you, you weren't to know that that I was no. just sitting in Brooklyn at the time just watching all this thing play out and yeah. uh, and that's what inspired me to put my name forward so thank you both <laughs> Oh, thank you. That's yeah, amazing to you. hear. Yeah. What, what wonderful, what wonderful words. Thank yeah. you, Rebecca. What gives you confidence, and what tip could you give? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's actually very similar to what you just said there. I think recognition from others, and you know, even just to hear that, and what you know, I'm, mm. I'm just so I'm almost emotional yeah. hearing <laughs> what you've just said. To you know, recognize me, and that you know something I can do can have an impact on mm. on yourself and and others, and you know, I think that's what gives me confidence every time, um, you know, others come to me and say that I've inspired them to come into the industry. And, um, you know, there's been in particular, you know, uh, younger females that perhaps I have um, hopefully inspired to come into our industry. And, you know, after the event, they've, they've come to speak to me and, and let me know that, you know, I think that just gives me confidence um you know and and gaining that recognition from others that I'm inspired by and I find inspiration or when when they like like you've just done there say to me that I could perhaps be a role model and inspirational I think that builds my confidence so I would say um again just have confidence my advice would be have confidence in yourself and your abilities and um you know don't underestimate how many people will look up to you and will recognize what you do and perhaps when you don't even know it yourself <laughs> so uh, yeah that's that's what I would say Sarah to wrap up yeah um I'd like to treat confidence um the way I uh choose happiness so I make a conscious decision um to well not not quite fake it until I make it but I certainly make a choice that I'm going to it's about the attitude that I have towards what I'm going to do I I may be quaking in in my boots and um you know uh fighting my imposter syndrome all the time but yeah it's it's about that kind of resilient decision to say right it doesn't matter what happens how I feel about it I'm committed Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go for it and do my best so yeah it's a conscious decision amazing yeah i think that's a good place to wrap up and one key takeaway that i'm gonna say is 
remember to tell other people that if you're looking up to them, you're inspired by them, just say thank you or recognizing mm. them for what they do. I mean, that builds confidence and that allows us to do so much more. Yeah. I'm going to take that away. Thank you, Rebecca, Danielle, Sarah, for coming and joining me today. I hope you've all enjoyed this really positive, uplifting conversation. If you have any comments, make sure that you post them below. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. It comes out every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. UK time. And again, if you want to find out more, head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk or head on over to my Facebook group, uh, which is Property Investment Mastery. Or if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Natasha C. Collins. And you can follow all of these other ladies as well. I'm going to put their Twitter handles below too. So thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We all really appreciate it. And I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.